dust of every mountain has walked the mysteries of the day. the end from the beginning you have been before the world began you have reached to me within my darkness in the light of mercy now I see I stand Good morning, everybody. Very warm welcome. As we start our service, let's start with a word of prayer. As we sit with our eyes closed, let us still our minds. So, Lord, we stand in awe of you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we ask that you would speak to us this morning, you would open our eyes to see you more clearly, that we may love you better than we have done before, because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our service this morning is going to be very much thinking about God's majesty, God's kingship, Jesus' kingship. Um, in the light of uh, one or two things that might have happened yesterday, it was a magnificent service, wasn't it? I, d I, don't, I don't know how many of you watched it, but it was, it was magnificent and, re and really re underlined that the king draws his majesty 
and authority from the majesty and authority that, that is invested in Jesus. And that was very clear from that service. So we will be praying for him later on. But that will be a reality, not just a form of words. But first we're going to start by worshipping Jesus. We're going to proclaim that we're going to exalt him and that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as we were uh, reminded later on, what we were reminded yesterday. Later on, Peter is going to come and preach um, on that famous passage from Isaiah, where, where, Jesus, where Isaiah sees the Lord lifted up, um, and he hears the, the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. And we'll be exploring that and, uh, together later on. So let's start. If you'd like to stand. Um, the psalmist says, let everything that is within me praise the Lord. That's not just the voices. It's our bodies. It's our minds. It's our spirits. It's with our bodies, if you want to dance around the, ch the church, that's fine. If you want to wave flags around the church, there are plenty over there, and you'll probably find more over there. If you want to bang something and make a noise, particularly if you're under, if you're under the age of 80, that's, uh, that's fine. We've got some things... I've got a box of things you can bang here, but the scripture says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. So let's rejoice in, what, in the fact that Jesus is here, that he loves us, and that we can come right into his presence. So let's, have, let's start by worshipping Jesus. We will glorify, we will lift him 
Jesus, we praise you because you are worthy of all honor and praise and glory and might and majesty because all things in earth, heaven and earth belong to you, Lord. All things in heaven and earth were created through you and for you. So we proclaim you, Lord, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, beside whom there is no other. And we thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to be our God. You have chosen to die for our sins. You've chosen to be our sin so that we can be your righteousness. So, Lord, we thank you for all that you have given us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Next song we're going to sing is a very old one, um, which I think most of you will remember. The words are on the screen. Again, if it, it's one way, you know, if you want to pick up a flag and protest around the church, somebody be brave. It'd be good. But it goes like this, just to remind you. King of kings and Lord of lords, glory, hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, glory, hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of peace, glory, hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of peace, glory, Lord's glory, hallelujah, King of kings and Lord of lords, glory, hallelujah, Jesus, Prince of peace, glory, hallelujah, Jesus, Prince of peace, glory, hallelujah, King of kings and Lord of lords, glory, Now, Lord, we pray your blessing on our youngsters as they go out to their classes, their groups, rather, and we pray your blessing on us as we remain here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Right, Rachel is going to uh, take the the youngsters out into the foyer, I think it is. Yep, and they're going to think about um, the kingship of Jesus and the coronation as well. So um, if any youngsters would like to go with, uh, with Rachel... 
And in the meantime, can we have our reading, please, Colin? With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Colin. Well, as John's been saying, the, uh, the theme of the service is the King's Coronation, and uh, so we're just going to have a think about that uh, at the start of, of my talk. But um, I do, I do want to know what you thought or what you think of it. Um, I don't often do this in a, in a sort of grown-up sermon or an adult sermon. I do often in an assembly. I'll, I'll walk around with a microphone. But I do on this occasion, I do want to hear what you think, what you thought, what you made of it. So... Um, hopefully this is on, and uh, I will walk around with this. So if you've got, here we go. If you've got a, a, a reaction, a response, how you thought it went yesterday, um, positive or negative, honestly, you know, just just say, and then you can all hear each other. I found it very emotional. I don't know why, but I just felt close to tears all the time. Yeah, emotional. Emotional. Right, thank you. Thank you. Any other reactions, thoughts, feelings, responses to? 
Well, I saw Queen Elizabeth II's coronation, and I cannot remember communion being given at that coronation, so I thought this was refreshingly different and better, having communion given by the Archbishop to the Queen. Right, yes. I've never seen a coronation before, so I've, other than obviously the TV version of the Queen's. So that was a, a, a new thing, as it were. Right. Anybody else? Be brave. I think the fact that different faiths were included was really good because there needs to be greater partnerships between the faiths. But I wasn't happy that people of no faith weren't acknowledged. They didn't sort of mention that at all. They talked a lot about it, but they didn't talk about non-believers and stuff. So I thought that was quite interesting. I hadn't really intended to spend most of the day listening to what happened in Westminster, but it really struck me that you can't hear what was said, what was preached, what Justin Welby said, <coughs> with the authority that he said it, and not either be moved and changed or, or turn your back on it. And I feel, I felt Prince Charles, oh sorry, the King, <coughs> was um, very much um, aware of the importance of what he was going through. He seemed um, as though he was faced with something very big to do. And I, I felt afterwards, thinking about it today, I feel in this world that we're in now, in all that's going on, I feel he's got it within his hands spiritually to lead the nation into the light or not and it made a difference to my concept of everything because I thought we really need to pray that he will respond to what was said which is God's word and, and move and be moved by the Holy Spirit so that we can See God move in our nation again, and He's got it within his, at His fingertips to do that if He really responds to what happened yesterday. I was struck by the whole servanthood emphasis. Um, you know that Charles is to give himself as a servant rather than a tyrant, and Justin Welby brought this out in his sermon and related it to the servanthood of, of Jesus and called upon all of us to be servants. So that struck me. Uh, I uh, thought it was a, an amazing service. Um, I thought the, the precision and everything of the military was incredible. Uh, my one regret was I was disappointed that um, 52 people were arrested beforehand uh, for the... Uh, uh, supposed protest that they might have made according to new legislation that's recently been brought in. I thought that was a mistake. Uh, I'd imagine everybody's got a, if you watched it, or even if you didn't watch it, you've got a, you'll have a reaction um, or response. I'll just put this microphone down.
And uh, so, yeah, everybody will have a different reaction response to it. And I, I obviously, you know, wondering what the nation at large made of it. And the world, it would have been a, a worldwide viewing, wouldn't it, of, of that coronation. But one of the key points of the service was the anointing. Remember that, that part where the, the, they have this sort of covering or, a, you know, um, uh, what do they call it, sort of um, things around the king so you couldn't, we couldn't see him being anointed. Uh, by Archbishop Justin. And that was a very special moment because that was between Charles and God, really. This is a, the a reminder that he is, he is there to serve God, first of all, and then, of course, the people. Uh, so a very private moment in that ceremony of, of, of a whole other thing, lots of other things going on. But I wonder what people thought of it who are Christians, for example. I wonder. Maybe that's a conversation you can have uh, this week with, with people around and about. What did they think of it? And, uh, and what was going on in that service. So we're going to think um, uh, not so much about uh, that coronation. We're going to think about how, yes, we may not be uh, anointed kings. We're never going to be king of England or queen of England. But uh, when we give our lives to Jesus, that means we have got a special task. We are given a special task by Christ, uh, and we are called to serve him. So... If you were here last week at the APCM, you would have uh, realized and remembered, uh, I always group my thoughts into three dimensions, the up and the in and the out. And that ties in really well with our reading from Isaiah chapter 6 today. We're going to think about uh, this idea of looking upwards, looking inwards, and then looking outward. Because what I want to do is to look at this call of God on Isaiah to be his prophet. And to understand that, you know, we need to think about the the way in which that happens and the context in which it happens, and then we'll see how that ties in with our lives today. Um, So a little bit about the context of of this chapter in Isaiah. um, You may not know anything about what's going on, but basically um, Isaiah is called at the end of Uzziah's reign. So if you look at, if you've got the Bible open in chapter 6 of Isaiah, you'll see... In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. So who is Uzziah is the next question. Well, Uzziah was king of Judah. Uh, He had reigned for 52 years, so a long reign. Uh, He reigned at a a very prosperous time for the land of Judah, probably the most prosperous time since uh, David and Solomon's reign, which was a very uh, prosperous time for the land. Uh, But what was it about him that separated from other kings who had much less success? Well... Uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to look it up, it's 2 Chronicles 26, um, which also describes uh, Uzziah. So if you want to flick back to 2 Chronicles, up to you. I'll read it, don't worry, if you don't want to look back. So 2 Chronicles chapter 26 says, Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as the king sought the Lord, God gave him success. So Uzziah, sees remembered as a, as a king who trusts God, who is, is doing what is pleasing in the sight of the, of the Lord. And therefore the Lord gives him success. However, that only comes so long as Uzziah is following the Lord, so long as Uzziah is doing what God wants. And so when Uzziah takes his eyes off God, that's when he starts to fail. And so uh, Uzziah um, is militarily very successful, and that's described in 2 Chronicles 26 uh, and verse 15. His his fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. 
So what happens is Uzziah does well, and then his pride gets in the way, and then he starts to do less well. So 2 Chronicles describes the downfall of the king. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. So what I did, I, Uzziah, 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 Uzziah did, he, was to, he entered the temple and he lit the incense. That was a task, that, this is what he did wrong, you see. He goes to the temple, he lights the incense, and that is a task that is, is, is distinguished just for the priests. Kept just for the priests. And when he's warned to stop, he became angry. And as a result, the Lord gives him leprosy. It's all described in, in, in 2 Chronicles 26. And so the Lord basically infects him with leprosy. And then that leprosy is something he has to live with for the rest of his life. He has leprosy. And that drives him into seclusion. He has to live away from everybody else. And basically his reign ends very sadly. So this is when Isaiah is beginning his ministry in this dark period of Uzziah, whose reign has begun well and it's all going, to, going downhill, basically. And the nation of Judah is going downhill. Uh, and so Uzziah's, uh, Uzziah dies, and then the next king is King Jotham, who uh, ascends the throne. Um, things don't go very well with Jotham either. Um, basically, Jotham is trying to follow the Lord, but basically the people of God aren't. And so they go their own way. So uh, 2 Chronicles 27 verse 2 describes the nation uh, that Isaiah is being called to minister to. Okay, 2 Chronicles 27 verse 2 says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, that's Jotham, just as his father Uzziah had done. But unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. The people, however, continued their corrupt practices. So all of this is going on, you see, as Isaiah begins his ministry uh, by being called by God. So, looking up, that's our first dimension, looking upwards. Verses 1 to 4 of Isaiah 6 say this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With the two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voice, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So the first thing we need to realize at this calling of Isaiah is that he saw the Lord. Okay, his, his vision is of God. It's up in the heavenlies. His vision is up there. He's looking at God enthroned in splendor and might and majesty. His, his, his eyes, his sight is captured by the glory of the Lord. Spiritually, he's looking upwards. And until we see God for who God is, we're never going to really understand who we are. That's exactly what takes place here in Isaiah's call to ministry. So Isaiah is given his glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of glory, the glory of heaven. And he sees God on his throne. He sees the, the, the splendor of the Lord. Very similar to what John sees in Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 4. There's a, again, John the Apostle uh, catches sight of, of the Lord being worshipped. Revelation 4 verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped 
crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now the importance of this vision is, you see, the contrast with the glory, the holiness of God, and the contrast with Isaiah and his sin, and the sin of humanity, the sin of mankind. Peter the Apostle put it like this in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 1. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you were living in ignorance. But just as he who calls you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So that's holiness. Holiness basically means to be separate, to be set apart. That's the, the root of that word, is to be set apart, separate. So God is perfect. He's, he's perfect in holiness. He's, he's perfect in righteousness. righteousness. He's perfect in every aspect of who he is. And yet we know we're not. And so he is separate from humanity because of his holiness. God is the standard by which moral and spiritual character is measured always. And so by seeing the holiness of God, the separateness of God, he realizes that he is sinful and that humanity is sinful and so our primary emphasis when we approach anything to do with with worship and 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 loving god and loving others and all that our primary perspective has got to be the upward it's got to be who god is that's the primary because if we don't have that vital worshiping relationship with god then nothing else will go well that is the primary aspects of our walk with the Lord, our worship of the Lord is primary. Yes, yes, we talk about um, loving each other. Yes, we talk about loving the world. But if we don't get our loving God right and our worship of God right, that's not going to fall into place. And so, yes, I want us to uh, reach out horizontally, as it were, on that level. But we've got to, first of all, be in that vertical aspect. We've got to get our worship of God um, right as it were at least you know that's our our emphasis is to be in our upreach to the lord and so as we acknowledge who the lord is that of course then we recognize that we are not like that it causes us to look inward which is the second emphasis this morning so we read on from where we got to from uh, the end of verse four into verse five woe to me I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord, the Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he, with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is t- taken away, and your sin is atoned for. So Isaiah sees God, and then immediately he then realizes what's going on inside. And what he sees inside isn't pleasant. Uh, Different translations uh, render those words from verse 5 differently. Um, The Jerusalem Bible translates it as this, What a wretched state I'm in! I'm lost! The King James says, Woe is me, I'm undone! The New American Standard Bible says, I am ruined. The New Living Translation says, my destruction is sealed. 
This is my favorite, the message. Doom. It's doomsday. I'm as good as dead. Essentially, Isaiah is, 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 is recognizing the difference between who God is, the holiness of God, and his failure because of sin. And yet, God forgives him. God offers forgiveness to him. It's the same as, as, as what uh, John is promised. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we see this burning coal, don't we? That the seraph, one of the seraphim flew to Isaiah from the altar with one of the burning coals and flies to Isaiah. That's a symbol of forgiveness. That's what's going on here, is that, is that God is offering forgiveness to Isaiah. And that is the message, isn't it, that we have for the world. It's a message we have for each other, with each other, that God forgives us our sin, that God has made us new in Christ. That is the message of hope, isn't it? There's no greater message of hope than that, that God forgives us our sin. Because sin is what separates us from God, and so as forgiveness brings us back into relationship with God, it is God alone who forgives us our sin. Jesus doesn't come to bring, uh, begin a new religion, but to remind humanity of all times and all places that God desires to have relationship with all people, and that is why he gave his life on the cross, to make that possible. And so Isaiah's looked up, he's then looked in, and God has offered forgiveness to him, said you, are, you can start again. That then causes a third dimension, the outward-looking dimension, in verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. So Isaiah hears God's call. God says, who shall I send? And Isaiah responds, I'm here, I'll go. Here am I, send me. That's the outward, that's the going out vision, isn't it? The sent, we are sent people of God. If you're a Christian, you're a sent person. You are sent to share that vision with the world. It's a vision that starts with the upward dimension of, of seeing who God is. It then goes into the inward of seeing who we are inside and it then goes out to share that with the world. And that, where, that is where Isaiah goes, to share that with Judah. That's the rest of Isaiah, his book. Now, we haven't read them, but the verses that follow from verse 8, if you uh, take the time later to read verse 9 through to verse 13, the rest of the chapter, you'll see what happens. You'll see that there's this conversation that happens between Isaiah and God. Because basically what, what is going on is that um, God tells him that, yes, you are called to go and preach, but the people won't listen. They're not going to understand. They're not going to hear you. They're going to refuse to understand that God's greatness is, 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 is available, that God's salvation is there for them, but they will refuse to hear it. That's what's going on in the rest of the chapter. And so the emphasis is made in these verses is that it is going to be harder for Isaiah to turn the people back to the Lord than perhaps he had realized. Because their hearts are hard, 
They're hard towards the Lord. And so Isaiah asks the Lord an honest question. Verse 11, then I said, for, for how long, Lord? How long have I got to do this? And God says basically back to Isaiah, this is your life. Your life's commitment is to share this news with the, with the disobedient people. And then when all is said and done, there's a remnant of people left. There will be a remnant left in the land. If that's uh, at at the end in verses 11 through to 13, there's a remnant left. The faithful are left in the land. And that is a good, that's a good picture of the church, isn't it? If you think about it now, we are the church, is the remnants, we're the faithful. And John in his gospel shows how God's call to Isaiah extends even beyond the lifetime of Isaiah into the lifetime of Jesus. And it's fulfilled in the life of Jesus. In John chapter 12, verse 37, it says, Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still did not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So where does this leave us? Where does this leave you? Where does this leave me in our walk with Jesus today? Well, there are many, aren't there? Many, many people stumble over God's offer of salvation. People refuse to hear it. People refuse to accept it. And yet, like Isaiah, we are called to keep on going, keep on sharing, keep on explaining, keep on giving our lives so that people can hear the message of good news that Jesus has come to bring salvation and forgiveness. And we'll keep on doing that day after day, hour by hour, week after week. We will love those who reject us. We'll share the love of Jesus with those who are around us because that is what the the Lord is calling us to do and to be. And we'll keep on loving God and sharing the love of the Father no matter what comes our way. And so like Isaiah, we are called to catch that awesome vision of the Lord, that awesome vision of God as we look up As we look in and as we look out, may the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. Thank you, Peter. I'm going to do something slightly different as a response today. It's as if we're going to go back and work our way through that passage again. again. And we're going to start with Peter's closing words. We're going to catch that awesome vision of God enthroned in our midst. We're going to spend time in worship And then gradually we will work our way through the other issues in this passage. We will have a time when we can uh, allow the Lord to search us and to uh, give us a chance to deal with anything that needs dealing with. And then out of love we're going to offer ourselves to him in service. So I suggest we stand to start off with...
and we remind ourselves that Isaiah saw the Lord high and exalted, seating on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And we again have that vision of the seraphim flying all around and calling out, holy, holy, holy. And so we, we ask the Lord to come and be present in this church today. Is that better, Aidan? I think my socket was slightly loose there. So we ask the Lord to be present today as we concentrate and we see, gaze on the splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. At his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God! Sing with me, how great is our God! All will see how great, how great is our God. And time is in his hand, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. Great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. God, all will see how great, how great is our God. You have the name above all names, you are worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing. How great is our God. You have the name above all names. 
sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. King of kings, majesty, God of heaven, living in me, gentle Savior, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end, all within me falls at your throne. Your majesty, I can but bow, I lay my all before you now. In royal robes I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. Love eternal, faithful and true, who bought the nations, ransomed souls, brought this sinner near to your throne. All within me cries out in praise, your majesty. But I lay my all before you now. In royal robes, I don't deserve. I live to serve your majesty. Your majesty, I can but bow. I lay my all before you now. In royal robes, I don't deserve. I live to serve your majesty. I live to serve your majesty. I live to and we gaze on his majesty. Ma- 
has found me just as I am, empty-handed but alive in your hands. We sing majesty, majesty, forever I am changed by your love. In the presence of your majesty. sinner I am, yet covered by the blood of the Lamb. As we see the majesty and the holiness of God, we are made aware of our own shortcomings. Now it's important to remember that as we stand in the presence of God, we stand in the presence of the one who died for our sins, who loves us no matter what we do. And therefore it's safe to bring the things that we're ashamed of things that we need to deal with before him because we know there is no condemnation and he will never reject us. So we're going to have a short time of quiet where we can allow the Lord to come and just put his finger on anything that might be um, that you might want to deal with. You may want to sit for this. And before we do anything else we pray. Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, as we have lifted you up in this place, we ask you to come and search us. We lay ourselves open to you. You have already made us holy, Lord, because we, we have already been cleansed by your blood. And we thank you for the assurance of that. But we ask, Lord, that because you want us to to be holy because you are holy, that you would now put your finger on anything that we need to deal with. So come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus in your love and in your power.
whatever it is, you may find a useful form of words to be to use in, in whatever it is you've seen. In your name, Lord Jesus, and by the power of your Spirit, I renounce this. And Isaiah had a seraph come to him with a live cold at which he touched his lips. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Isaiah had a, had a seraph with a coal in his hands, in his um, tongs. We have something that is more powerful, and that is the blood that Jesus shed for us on the cross. So listen to these words, which Peter came, quoted from 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So receive your forgiveness and also remember that Jesus promises to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a fact. So let us rejoice in what he has done for us. We're going to sing that song and sing the whole of it now. And we'll carry on to offer our lives to Jesus after that. So here I am. As you feel, where, where, uh, as, as you, feel you want to, please feel free to stand up again and re really raise our voices to, in praise to God. Covered by your grace so free, here I am, knowing I'm a sinful man, but covered by the blood of the Lamb, now I found greatest love of all is mine since you laid down your life the greatest sacrifice majesty majesty your grace has found me just as I am Empty-handed but alive in your hands So we sing majesty Majesty Your ever I am changed by your love In the presence of your majesty by the love that you give forgiven so that I can forgive here I stand knowing that I'm your desire sanctified by glory and fire 
greatest love of all is mine since you laid down your life the greatest sacrifice majesty I am empty-handed but alive in your hands so we sing majesty majesty forever I am linked by your love in the presence of your majesty Forever I am changed by your love in the presence of your majesty. And so as a love offering to Jesus, we offer him so ourselves to him. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Look at the words of this song. Show me who you are, fill me with your heart, lead me in your love to those around me. Okay. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. Lead me in your love to those around Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus. 
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. like to be seated for a moment. We can have a short time of intercession now. When we're going to start with a prayer for our new king. It very much echoes what's 
has been said earlier today. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty, King of kings, Lord of lords, the only ruler of princes, who from your throne sees all who dwell upon earth. Most earnestly, we beseech you to look with favor upon our most gracious sovereign Lord, King Charles, and fill him with the grace of your Holy Spirit, that he may always incline to your will and walk in your way. Bless him abundantly with heavenly gifts. Grant him in health and wealth long to live. Strengthen him, and finally, after this life, may he attain everlasting joy and peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's pray also for our church leaders, for, the t- for our two archbishops, both of whom have made a point of standing for the gospel, both of whom preach Jesus Christ. Let's pray for them, for Archbishop Justin and Archbishop Stephen. Again, for the fullness of their spirit, of your spirit in their lives, Lord, and your leading and your support for them. Give them wisdom, Lord, in balancing so many different pressures. May they remain true to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for the leaders you've given us. Pray too for our own bishops, for our own clergy, for Peter, for Ursula, and all in leadership positions of any in this church. Again, we pray, as we prayed already, for the fullness of the Spirit to rest on each one of them. For the spirit of wisdom and understanding that they might know the Lord, that they may know what he has done for them and what he is calling each one of them to do in their ministries. Pray for all those as well who are at the service who, did not, who do not know the Lord Jesus and yet who took part in a Christian service. We pray that the light of Christ might dwell, dawn in their lives. Because, Lord, you died for all people, and we proclaim that you died for all people. And we ask your mercy and your blessing on them, just as you have had mercy and poured out your blessing on us. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Let's sum up our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And say welcome back to the youngsters. Uh, Rachel, where is she? You here, Rachel? I was going to ask if she wanted to share what they were doing, but if she's not here, I can't.
Sorry, Rachel, I should have warned you about this before the service, but... I've got... Okay, there's a stand there. Okay, so we've been focusing on the verse um, that the whole earth is filled with his glory, and we've been making some Knickerbocker glory Sundays. So we've been creating our earth and then filling them with ice cream and thinking about how we can spread that Knickerbocker glory everywhere we go. Um, yeah, through smiles, through laughter, in the particular countries that we can impact with the glory of God. So that's what we've been doing today. Thank you. Thank you. Right, okay. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, everybody. Well, we're coming to the end of our time of worship. It's been a joy to share worship and the time in our Lord's presence with you. Before we finish, a couple of notices. Um, Peter, do you want to give yours first? Those of you who are local to Basin Hill and further field will know that there's a, a celebration of the coronation going on tomorrow between 12 and 4. Um, it's meant to be on the Glebe field, but it looks like the forecast isn't very... Um, it's looking rather wet, let's put it like that. So the committee organising it um, may well want it inside the church building, so that's fine. From my point of view, that's fine. Um, so it's happen happening between 12 and 4. Um, lots of stands, lots of community involvement. It's, it's organised by the Village Association and the Parish Council. Um, so do come along if you can and want to. I'll be wonderful. Um, as a church, we're organising a, a gazebo stroke stand. Lots of people are involved in getting that ready, one of whom is Ellie. I just wanted Ellie to show that lovely picture that you've made. Come and show it to us, Ellie, because it's so beautiful. Um, and um, tell us a bit about it, if you can. based around the environment and obviously King Charles's interest in the environment and animals and stuff. Um, so I wonder about if this design um, and um, this church as well afterwards we visit to the church just to say thank you for being so Couple of, <clears throat> there's a couple of other, couple of other quick notices. Um, it's the first Sunday of the month, therefore it's one at seven o'clock tonight. Please do come. We, it's an important time to pray into the life of our church and the life of our country. Um, so um, you know we have we have a um, sort of a, a nucleus of people who regularly come, but it is open to all. We'd love to see more more people. Um, what else? Next week's service, it's the second Sunday of the month, so it's a 10 o'clock combined service. And after that service, we're going to have, this has been, as you've probably all seen this in your emails and previous announcements, but this is coming up next week now. After, uh, after the service, we're having time for, um, for a social get-together. 
And just to keep it simple, we're going to make it soup and bread and a few tray, uh, tray bakes. Um, please do come. If your family don't know, normally come to church. <laughs> Sorry, my um, microphone seems to be... I'll grab this, uh, the, the stand mic. Sorry, technical issues yet again. <laughs> I think we need some new kit. As I'm not on the PCC, I can, make, I, I can say that now. <laughs> um, where was I? Yeah. Next week, uh, uh, after the service, there will, be co- uh, after, there will be coffee as usual, but then um, we're going to invite as many people who would like to to stay for a soup lunch so we can get, have a chance to get to know each other a bit, um, bit better as uh, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. If you don't know each other, how can we love each other? So please, you know, please do come. It's open to all. Just to give us a rough idea of numbers, um, there is a sign-up sheet just uh, in the foyer, just beyond the, um, the, the double doors. In fact, it's immediately behind where Rachel is standing now. Um, please do sign up there. We'd, lo- we'd love to see um, as many of you as possible uh, there. If you, can't, if you don't sign up, that doesn't mean to say you can't come. But please, um, you know, it just gives an idea of just how many gallons of soup we need to make. So, um, but um, please do, you know, if you feel like coming on the day, come on the day. That would be great. Um, also, on that car, um, also on that table, there is a birthday card for Margaret Evans who now lives in the Ferns nursing home and still comes occasionally. It's her 90th birthday in a week or so. I'm afraid I forget the, um, the exact date. But um, please do, if you want to, please do sign that card. Also, I was hoping to um, spring this on her, but she's not here. Apparently, uh, it was Audrey Pook's birthday yesterday as well, so please do send her your best wishes when we have a, have a chance. Um, I think that's everything. All right. Okay, shall we stand and sing, and sing our final hymn, which again crown, uh, com- concentrates on the uh, kingship of Jesus. Crown him with many th- crowns.
Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen. So go in peace, secure in the knowledge of the love of Christ, to serve the Lord. In the name. Amen.